This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And with me today is Jennifer Schutt, who covers the appropriations process for CQ. Thanks for joining me again, Jen. Thanks for having me. And with Congress now beginning a one-week recess, we now know that some senior lawmakers will be mulling how best to give the appropriations process a jumpstart. Lawmakers desperately want to avoid another year-end train wreck that requires passing a catch-all funding package for the entire government, known as an omnibus, which President Trump has vowed never to sign again. So House Republicans met behind closed doors Friday morning to map strategy. And Jen, what are they talking about trying to do? So House Republicans do not have a firmed-up strategy yet for when or how they're going to move those fiscal 2019 appropriations bills to the floor. It sounded like there's still a lot of discussion about whether or not to move all 12 individually in those clumps of three or four known as minibuses or possibly in some type of omnibus, which I think is much less likely given what President Trump has said. It sounds like they are definitely going to write all of those bills to those top line spending levels agreed to in February. So one of the things that we know from that is that they probably are not going to be getting conservative lawmakers on board with those higher spending levels for the non-defense discretionary bills, right? Conservative lawmakers are definitely on board with increasing defense spending. They're much more skeptical about that plus up in non-defense discretionary spending. So what we're going to see as the House sort of writes their bills is a bit of a lean towards bipartisan legislation that can actually get turned into law, hopefully before the fiscal 2019 year begins on October 1st. Which would be nice. We haven't had that in a while. But they're trying to find a way to speed up the process a little, right? Right. So one of the strategies that can make this process a little bit easier for members, both in the House and in the Senate, is take those easy bills that don't have a lot of contentious issues in them and move them first. Those are most commonly the military construction and VA bill, the legislative branch bill, the energy water bill, and then it's very likely that they will try to leave the more problematic bills till the end. That will likely include the Homeland Security bill, which of course is where or where not we may get additional money for Trump's border wall, additional money for immigration's customs and enforcement agents and all of the policy language that is a bit tough to write. Of course, we did have a successful omnibus legislation where they were able to find a way to address those issues in a bipartisan manner. So that serves as a really good foundation for writing those more difficult bills for fiscal 2019. And they're talking about doing less contentious bills and maybe even in some kind of coordination with the Senate? Right. So there's been a lot of conversations going back and forth between Republicans and Democrats in each chamber. And we've heard across between the House and Senate 
Last Thursday, House Speaker Paul Ryan, during his press conference, said that he has been speaking a lot with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. They have been discussing this process and how to move legislation forward. So we know there's a lot of coordination going on behind the scenes. So we, we, were, we want to work with the Senate. Uh, what we want to do is try and get appropriation bills in law uh, before the fiscal year deadline. And what I would love to see is an actual functioning appropriations process where we pass appropriation bills, go to conference, and the appropriators um, um, reconcile those bills and we pass them into law. So that is our ultimate goal. One of the areas they could pick up very quickly um, that would save them a lot of time on the back end of this process is negotiating uh, between the House and Senate, those subcommittee allocations, they're sometimes referred to as 302Bs. And so if you have a situation where the House and Senate are working off completely different sets of numbers, when you come in at the end with the House bill and the Senate bill and you go into conference those, moving the numbers up and down for one bill, of course, when you have those top lines that you can't break, means that you have to start rearranging the numbers on the other legislation. And that can make things a bit problematic. So if they come out with a full set of 302Bs at the beginning where the House and Senate match, that can make things a lot easier later on. So in other words, if they're coordinating the overall numbers ahead of time between the House and Senate, they might actually produce bills in both chambers that look at least a lot alike which could speed things up. Correct. And that way, when you get into conference, you don't have to try to figure out, you know, for example, if the military construction VA bill in the House has a larger funding level than the military construction VA bill in the Senate, then to get those numbers level, you have to theoretically pull from one of the other bills in order to not break that top line spending level. You have to do level. a lot of juggling in that case. Yeah, a lot of juggling, right. which you need all 12 bills to do, which can, right. may not necessarily fit with that theory this year. So we'll see how much coordination they can do. And that all sounds nice, but how realistic do you think it is that we can have this kind of a timetable? Because their, their track record on passing these bills on time is not very good. Right. So Congress is still scheduled to be out for the entire month of August. The break in October isn't that large this year, but that would, of course, be in fiscal 2019, heading into the midterm elections. Which is already past due for these bills. Right. And, you know, Republicans are in control of both houses of Congress and the leadership there very much wants to defend that. So if they need to have less time in Washington to have their people back in their districts defending those seats, I think that's something that we could see later on this year. Of course, shortening the legislative calendar any more than it already is can make passing all those bills a bit more problematic. But I think realistically, there is a chance to get these less contentious bills conferenced and signed into law before the new fiscal year begins. I think it's going to be a pretty difficult task to get all 12 signed into law before October 1st. Okay, and let's talk about some of the obstacles that still confront them on that. First of all, they're trying to get focused on fiscal 2019 bills, which begins that October 1st, but they may have to re revisit fiscal 2018. Why is that? So there's a step called the rescissions process, and it's that the White House can send up a request to Congress asking them to cut spending that they feel is no longer necessary or was excessive. And we've known for quite cut some... Cut spending that was already approved and signed into law. Correct. Right. So we've known for some time right now that the Trump administration, the Office of Management and Budget, 
are putting together a rescissions package. We heard from Congressman Tom Cole last week that he thinks it'll be roughly $25 billion. Of course, Congress does not have to take up that legislation. And we've heard from Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell that he does not plan to put that on the Senate floor for a vote. We have also heard on the House side a bit of a different approach from Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who wants to put that legislation on the floor. At least some of their time in the House is going to be taken up by this rescissions effort, it seems like. It could be. Right. And then on top of that, election season, as you noted, is fast approaching. How might that complicate things? It could complicate things by taking lawmakers out of D.C. and putting them in their district more. I mean, just there's only so much time and energy that you can put into either governing or campaigning. And so there's going to be a lot of tough decisions down the road about that. There also is going to be pressure from members in tough districts to take votes that they can tout back home. And of course, that comes into the amendment process in the House and Senate on these spending bills. You know, I'm guessing in the House we'll see a structured amendment process where the Rules Committee sort of filters out what goes to the House floor for debate. The Senate leadership on both sides of the aisle is still determining how they're going to approach an amendment process over there. But this can get very contentious very quickly, especially if one side decides they want to put the other political party on note with a really tough vote on any of these main issues. The appropriations bills are going to be where they do that. And we that could cause a very fast breakdown in all the bipartisan goodwill that we've seen so far. And we're talking about things like abortion policy, environmental regulations, Trump's border wall, all these hot button issues that could uh, stymie things. Correct. Okay. So this still requires some uphill sledding. Is it is it reasonable, though, I'm, I hear you say that some of the less controversial bills might make headway? Yeah, I think that's entirely possible that we see some of these bills in law before the new fiscal year begins. I definitely don't think we're going to see all 12, though. And so which of these bills should we be watching for, Jen, that, that actually might have a chance of, of getting passed on time? Um, I think the the top contenders are the military construction VA bill. That's the popular bill funding veterans mostly. Correct. The legislative branch bill, which funds Congress itself, that is rarely contentious. The energy water bill is not typically problematic. Those would be the three main contenders. And I think there's definitely room for some of the other bills to move in there, possibly the defense bill. But we'll just have to see what leadership actually puts on the floor. Okay. So we'll be watching to see how far the annual spending bills get and how quickly. And CQ will be covering it all for you. My thanks again to Jennifer Schutt, our appropriations expert, for joining me. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can keep up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or NPR One. And for more budget news, you can visit RollCall.com or CQ.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at RollCall. See you next week.